you do when prayers aren't answered? Over the years, there have been a few people who stand out in the congregations that have had the honor of pastoring. They've stood out for their profound sense of guilt. One husband and father would approach me every few weeks and in one form or another, he would ask, how can I be sure that I'm really forgiven? He was a successful businessman, accomplished and well-known in the area, but he struggled. And there have been times when in my own life struggles, I've noticed that old familiar enemy trying to persuade me that my prolonged life challenges were a lack of faith because there was sin that needed more than God's forgiveness. You see, it's impossible to believe in God's provision if you think there's a stain that can't be removed. Today, we're going to take you on a true and faithful life journey. Pastor Hardika is going to start with forgiveness, and then we're going to look at the pathway of faith that goes way beyond merely believing. There is a revelation for you that will help you work with God to get to where He wants you to be. Over the years, there have been people that we've seen healed and others who have died in their sickness. We're living in a church age today in America where people have become too convinced that either they have faith for their healing or they don't and they just need to live with what they have. But faith is a journey. It's been a couple of years now since God spoke quietly to me these words, I'm going to heal your heart, but it's going to take a long time. The question here is, how do you work with God and walk along the pathway He has chosen for you so that your journey of faith in His will accomplishes what it's intended to accomplish? Let's put something to rest. If you're like the businessman who struggled with his forgiveness, Isaiah said that Jesus would bear our sins. He said that God would see the travail of his soul and he would be satisfied. One day, this really hit me hard. My sins have already been borne by another. They have been laid on Jesus and they caused his great suffering because he willingly let them be laid upon him. The wrath of this world, released into humanity by God's withdrawal of his protection, was unleashed upon Jesus. He took the full beating in life that was due me, and he let it go to completion until death occurred. God in heaven saw his son's terrible, horrible crucifixion, and he was satisfied that sin had been fully atoned for. I thought about it. My sin has already been punished. Divine and eternal justice has been satisfied. And listen here, Jesus doesn't have to apologize to the Father for the sin that he bore for you and I. It's already been adjudicated. Now, I want you to see Jesus sitting in a heap of blood, sweat, and dirt. He's carrying his own cross, and he stumbled to the ground. His flesh is hanging off his body. He's about to die for your sin. Your sin. God the Father saw your sin on Jesus, his Son. Now, dare to look at Jesus. Hear the Father pronounce the worst of punishments has been paid. And then you yet dare to say, it was not enough? See him sitting there on the road to Calvary, the weight of the cross bearing down on his shoulder, and he lifts his hands up a bit 
and with palms facing heavenward. His expression that meets your eyes seems to say, Then what more can I do for you? Why isn't my pain, the misery I willingly accept for you, somehow not good enough for you? What? What? Then he tells Israel, Fear not, you shall not be ashamed. This is as the days of Noah, where I swore that never again shall my kindness depart from you. The mountains may be removed, but my kindness shall never leave you. Whoever shall come against you shall fall because of you. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. What amazing words to sink deep into the soul of someone who was struggling under the weight of life's many burdens and the darkness some days just seems to swallow up the life and the hope of being delivered and healed. That can seem very confusing when you've prayed and sought the Lord and people just keep telling you to believe. But there's more to it than that. It's called the journey of faith. God spoke these gracious words to a nation that he was about to send into captivity for 70 years in Babylon because they persisted in rebellion. Now listen carefully, for this is the journey that God would have you work in and walk out if the healing isn't here yet. If the nation is about to fall under the weight of corrupt politicians, for example, what is God looking for? Your sin has been placed on Jesus. Your sins were beaten in the body and soul of a living human being already. Why would you dare doubt that you are forgiven? So know this. When you are tired and tried and tested, know this when the chastening that strips away your carnal life begins, that you are not being punished for your sins. God is not withholding your deliverance for a season because you're not punished enough yet for your sins. Know this. But now, remember Abraham, who was told he'd have a son. It didn't happen year after year after year. For 25 years he was tested in faith. Then, 40 years after his son Isaac was given, he was told to take him up the mountain and sacrifice him. Give him to me, Abraham, God said. And he was going to kill his son of the promise. It was then that God said, Now I know that you fear me. Abraham was tested, and his faith in God, his faith, demonstrated that he feared God. His faith enabled him to fear the Lord, and his fear of the Lord released that faith. Learn that. God will bring you to a place of testing where you will have to give up your inner hold on all that he has given you and all that he has promised you. No questions asked. None. It was this kind of faith that caused God to declare to him, Your faith is accounted as righteousness. You see, we are justified by grace through faith. But then God will work in us throughout the journey of our life to sanctify us, to separate out the fleshly life. Sin is forgiven by grace, but the power of sin in the flesh must be crucified by the Spirit of God through faith. That is a journey that took Abraham many years. 
It took his grandson Jacob many years of struggling at the hands of an unjust uncle. Now hear this, you Americans. It took Jacob being unjustly treated and struggling against this while his faith was growing. Then when Jacob had learned to be patient and not get ahead of God, he was released. God told him to go back, and he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob, the one who strives with God, has prevailed, and now he was given a new name. All the years of his struggle, he was birthing the twelve tribes of Israel. You see, in your journey of faith, patience is being developed in which Jesus said, You possess your souls. There's not something wrong with your faith if the healing is taking a long time. The fact that you keep on and on and grow more in love with Jesus as the carnal life slowly loosens its grip and the Spirit rises up in you and says, Now, now you will be blessed, because as with Abraham, who is willing to give back to God the blessing of the son he dreamed about for so many years, he will say to you what I heard him say to me again last week. Now I know that you fear me. Early on, Abraham wondered why the promise left him waiting, and God said to him, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. Without God himself as our great reward, we simply will never experience what it means to be human and all we're created to be. It is as impossible as a car without an engine, a sailboat without a sail, or a flashlight without a battery. I am your exceeding reward, Abraham. All this, the promise, the testing, the life journey, the vision, and the faith, is to attain me. It's one thing to be excited about a miracle, but when we have come along the journey of faith until he so satisfies our inner hunger and thirst, we have achieved the true fruit of faith. That's what God is after. He's not punishing you or against you. He just wants you to know the power of him coming himself to sit there with you until your heart is so full of his glory that nothing else matters. That's liberty. It's called the walk of faith for a reason. It's going to lead you somewhere by faith. Once you have the faith to start walking, it's only the beginning of what God is after. Don't beat yourself up with the idea that your faith is weak. Use it to start walking with God, and He'll show you the next step.